Hey, thanks so much for joining us on the Rise Church podcast. We're a church in Southeast Idaho on mission to help people take steps in relationship with Jesus. For more information, check us out at risechurchid.org. All right, enjoy the message. I want to thank Ben for trusting me with you. And uh, you guys look really good. Tell each other you look good and you smell good. <laughs> you always have the best seat in the house up here, you know. This is... This is really good. So I'm, yeah, I'm so honored to be able to speak. And so if I just join me in chair in, in prayer today and that I'd speak clearly, Father, I just give you glory. Uh, I know when I even perused the title of this, uh, I felt your heart breaking. And you just said, they've got to know. They've got to know so much about this. And so my heart broke too. That's why I have the Kleenex. And so, but if you want to take a different tact, I always give you permission to go wherever you want to go with this. Um, but I believe this is what you're going to say. So I give you glory today. Thank you, Father. In your name, Jesus, amen. amen. This is a bit emotional because it gets real personal with me. That's why I have some Kleenex, Kleenex up here. And because uh, I'm going to reveal a few things. But uh, I'm teaching out of uh, text today in Colossians, so if you throw that first slide up. Colossians 1, 19 through 22. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in Him, Jesus, and through Him to reconcile all things to Himself. All things. Having made peace through the blood of His cross, through Him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, and although you were former, formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. And also Romans 5, 8 through 11, most of us know Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than, that's the good part, having now been justified by his blood. Bring that in. Justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God, through the death of his son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only this, but that we also exult in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Sometimes we come across words, and I don't know what, do you know what exalt means? To rejoice greatly. So that's like, woo, yeah. And that's what it says. So we get to exalt, we get to rejoice greatly in God that we've received this reconciliation now. So as I, as I prepare for this message, I have a script. A lot of times I don't have a script. One time God said, I don't want you to plan but not prepare, or pre prepare but not plan. So I'm an educator by trade. And so I came out one time 
And these were my notes. <laughs> it's like, I said, God, you don't understand how scary that is for a teacher to say you can't have any notes. It's like, and I didn't plan anything. He says, I'll give you everything you're going to say. But today, this is so emotional that I had to script everything. And so I'm not going to sit here and read it, but I've got to make sure that I don't lose the depth and the meat of what I'm going to say. So I think this is probably one of the most important concepts to understand and receive in the Bible because it's the whole story of the Bible from start to finish. It was God's plan. One of my favorite phrases in the Bible, before the foundation of the world. I love that. It's fascinating that in Ephesians 1-4, Paul tells us that he chose us in him. When? Before the foundation of the world. That means he knew that you're going to be here today and we have some new faces to be able to hear this. That Jesus was chosen as the Lamb of God to be the sacrifice before the foundation of the world in 1 Peter 1, 19 through 20. This was always his plan. It wasn't plan B, it wasn't plan C. It wasn't like, oh, I had a messed up, boy, I gotta call the Jews up and they got, no. So, oh, the Jews couldn't do it, man. They couldn't hold to the Ten Commandments. So I've gotta send Jesus now, I've gotta come in the flood. It was always his plan. And so I've got to get you to understand that. Now, understand is one of those words that we can use in a lot of different ways. Now, we can understand with our mind, but that doesn't receive the things of the Spirit. That receives the thing of a natural man. In 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, the natural man does not receive or accept the things from the Spirit of God. So we've got to receive these things that I'm speaking about today and you're hearing in our spirit. One, I looked up the word understand in the Greek, and one of the definitions is to put together. So I want you to take the truth of God and put it in your spirit today. Okay? I'm going to lay a little groundwork here, and some of you, this might be real elementary, might be real basic, but some of you, it'll be, wow, I didn't know all that kind of stuff, so hopefully I, I catch some of you with that. But because when I started to understand this, it made sense of what was going on. With, it made sense of who I was. Okay? We know that God exists in three different manifestations. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They're the same, but they're distinctly different. Okay? God made us in His image. Genesis 1.26. I'm not going to say it yet because... I've got a story that goes with that, okay? And so there's three distinct parts of his being, of our being too. He made us in our image. So wouldn't it make sense that we kind of have three parts too? We've got our mind, our body, and our spirit. So no other created thing on earth has this distinction. I mean, I got a cool dog, but he doesn't have a spirit. <laughs> He's got a mind of his own. <laughs> but he's not like us. But our mind is also made up of three different areas or functions. We've got our intellect, then we've got our will, and then we also have our emotions. And so our intellect is our intelligence and our personality, okay? The will is often called cold-blooded because it's got no conscience. It's our decider. We decide, I'm going here, I'm doing this, and that's it. It may take into account certain things, 
but it doesn't have a conscience. And you've got to be aware of that. And that's your will. And then our emotions. Our emotions are typically what? The enemy attacks. Anybody get attacked in their emotions coming to church today? Oh, my kids are all wicked. I can't believe you. What are you doing? This like, and somebody cuts you off. It's like, oh, what are you doing? Cut me off. It's like, I'm going to, if I could just. I know nobody did that. So, so. It's just me, wasn't it? So our personality is generally a product of our history, our upbringing, and the chemicals in our brain. Our body is our captivity in the flesh. So think about how we make decisions and go about life. So do we lead with the intellect? What's that look like? Well, it may be pretty good, you know, because you think things out, you have some rational, logical decisions. But what if our life begins to be revolved around our whole intellect? Well, then you might find people that think they're really smart, and you might find them in institutions of higher learning colleges and universities, and sometimes they get so smart that they think they probably know more than God does. And so that's what they become. They become a God. And I'm not saying it's bad to lead with your intellect, but it can lead to that. What if we lead with our history? Well, you know, I was raised by an alcoholic father. Well, you know, I was abused when I was a kid. Well, you know, we lived in this, you know, and it's just like, well, what do you call that? That's a victim. We're not raised to be victims. Amen. What if we lead with our emotions? Oh, that's good, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so what if we lead by our body? Oh. That's where addiction comes from. Yeah. Seekers of pleasure. Seekers of pain. Or what if we lead by our spirit? That's what we're going to try to go to today. So our spirit is what communes with God. So our spirit can be either dead, separated from God, or alive, one with God. Okay? When we receive Jesus as our Savior, the Holy Spirit resides and lives within us. We can now hear God, either through the written word, the spoken word, or the revealed word. We also have access to God in the temporal space and time. Because God created space and time, so he's not subject to it. Amen. So he, he operates outside of that. And, and so this is where the gifts of the Spirit come in. And that's why things like prophecy is so cool. Because I don't have a clue what's coming in. Because God's seeing outside of time. And he's calling it in to my spirit and then goes into my mind and out my mouth. That's like gifts of the healing. You know, that's the cool thing. So what's this have to do with reconciliation? Well, this is the process of how God gets us into his kingdom. It's the story of redemption. So reconciliation is generally thought of as an accounting term. I reconcile my bank account. I make sure that there's no difference in what I think I have and what the bank says. I have. Zero difference. See, God's reconciliation is totally different than that. He never does anything with zero. We're not a zero. So today I'm going to be shockingly transparent with you. It's okay because I gave God 
total permission to do anything he wants with me. I did that a long time ago. So, I, and so I want you to know, and, and this may seem uh, just a small thing in semantics, but I want you to know that he's not using me today, that he's moving through me. It's a lot less painful and frightening to have God move through you because he never uses us. Because my mind goes, well, I use these shoes, and what happens when I use them up? Well, I throw them away. And so I, I don't want to have that concept in my mind that God's using me. Because my natural says, well, what if he uses me up? What is he going to throw me away? So I had somebody tell me a long time ago, so you want to live a long, prosperous, healthy life? Find out what God's purpose is for you and do it every day. Amen. Look at Billy Graham. Tell you live to be almost 100. How many presidents does he, did he preach to? How many leaders of the world did he preach to? And what did he do? He found God's purpose and he did it every day. So God lives in me and I let him lead by his spirit as I listen. So here's my reconciliation. Third slide, please. This may scare you a little bit. Uh, your list may be longer. Your list may be shorter. Uh, I'm not here to compare myself with yours, but this is my old man. This is Eric before Jesus. So, and it's not exhaustive because I didn't want to take up too much time. So, sexual immorality, sex outside of marriage. Not during marriage, but before marriage. Now this caused a problem when I got married to Connie because I, I was trying to love her and I had to ask God, so how come I can't love her like, like I'm supposed to? It's like, you got some issues, you had sex outside of marriage, she didn't. I was having all these pictures when we were intimate and it just wasn't working and I had to go to counseling. And it's okay. And they said, and it was a, a cute old couple here, Bob and Alice Johnson, some of you remember them. And I went to them and it was some of the most incredible time I've ever had in my life. And they, they said, you need to ask for forgiveness. Once I was re released from it, you need to ask forgiveness for, from your wife. And I did. And then I had to ask forgiveness from myself. And I appreciate Micaiah bringing that up last week, yes. talking about forgiveness. And that's one of the hardest things to do, is forgive yourself from your past mistakes. Foul mouth and cursing, yeah, idolatry, which is putting something or someone above God in your life, and generally it was me. Anger, rage, I mean, I put anger down there, but my anger went way beyond that. It went into rage, scared a lot of people, damaged a lot of people. But where I really excelled was drunkenness and drug addiction. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was 16 years in active addiction. Um, got saved and sober at 32. And you can add this up and that'll tell you how old I am now. I've been 38 years in this last December that I've been uh, free from all drugs and alcohol. And saved. And it came at once together. Amen. And so stealing and th thieving, lying, revelry. I had to look that one up. <laughs> it's like, revelry? It's like, 
That's leading in a leading a rebellion, and it's rooted in a, an authority problem. Yeah. And it's like, so this came up this last summer. God revealed this to me. It was funny because, and so a, a little backstory. I had a friend from high school, one of my bestest friends ever. We did all kinds of things together since I, I moved to Detroit in sixth grade. We swam together, played water polo together. He called me about four years ago and says, I think I'm in trouble, man. It's like, okay, what would give you that indication? He goes, well, I'm drinking about a fifth of Crown Royal a day. It's like, good indication that you're in trouble. It's like, why did you call me? He says, because whatever you did worked and I got to have what you Amen. have. And I, I don't know who else to call. I just know that you're so different from who you were in high school. And so whatever you did worked. I said, well, I took the cure. I met Jesus. He go, I said, so that's all I got. I'm going to be talking to you about Jesus. Well, a couple of years, I led him to the Lord. This summer, I went to Michigan, to Traverse City, where he lives, because he said, will you come out and baptize me? It's just like, who does that to a friend that you partied with in high school? And I baptized him this summer in Lake Michigan. And so we got reminiscing about stupid stuff we did in high school. And some, I mean, some of it was pretty daggone funny. I may tell you one. But, but all of a sudden, I start to see this thread going through every one of them. And I, I said, Al, whose idea was that most of the time? And he did that. <laughs> it was yours. <laughs> Okay, that's revelry. My funniest one, and I still laugh, because we were on the swim bus coming back from a swim meet, and it was winter, and the bus driver had parked in a real tight spot, let us out, and some cars parked in around him, and he was afraid to get out, and he says, hey, will you guys watch for me? It's like, yeah, yeah, come on, back up, we got you, like that, so he's backing up like that, and he's, he moves in about five feet, and I slap the side of the bus, whop, like that. He slams the brake on, and I look at his eyes, the priceless look, man. The eyes just as big, opens the door, runs out, runs out. He's got like 10 feet around the bus. He comes back, everybody was laughing until he got on the bus. He looked like a cartoon. I mean, everything, I mean, he's just looking, everybody's quiet except me. I'm on the floor. <laughs> I'm just laughing. <laughs> I can't believe <laughs> you off the bus. Oh, it was worth it. I can't. I had to walk like four miles home. It's like I laughed the whole way. It's like, oh, that was so worth it. I can't believe. They <laughs> swim practice on Monday and they just like, <laughs> did you make it home? Yeah, I did. It's my hair was all froze and stuff. I had hair. <laughs> That's revelry. Prejudice, judging people, manipulation, you know, as an addict. I could get anything I wanted. But living like that, it just creates a spirit of fear. You get worried about every people, everybody. Greed, murder, not that I killed somebody personally, but those that I started on drugs and drinking died as a result. Okay. And I too had an incident where I pointed a gun like Ben did. But I didn't, it was a little more than just pointed a gun. 
Well, I brought my shotgun in a bar and I had had an incident with a guy. Turned him around on the bar stool and swung my shotgun up in his face and held it and I pushed the safety off and I started to creep on the trigger and God spoke and said, not to do this. This is not worth it. And I went, okay. And I turned around, didn't say anything, turned around, put it away, and walked out. Wow. 1978 a little different than where you were. <laughs> no consequence, okay? Nothing happened, except the memory that I had done that and come within a quarter inch from changing my whole trajectory of my life. That was my reality, and that's where I was. You know, murder starts with unforgiveness, and it breeds the spirit of murder. And if it's unchecked and unrepented of, the end product is the spirit of murder. So think of it. We get hurt, we get angry, grows into bitterness, it can go into murder. Anybody here, raise your hand, if you've never been hurt in your life. <laughs> well, let me help that out. <laughs> well, we do, so what do we do with that? And, and, got, and newsflash, all guys are angry. Sorry, it's how we deal with it. We're not taught to deal with our emotions. So we have a primary emotion, it might be rejection, it might be you know, embarrassment, it might be anything. But what do we do? We turn it into anger. We're women, you know, they deal with their emotions and it's like, yeah, and we look at them and it's like, well, what are you doing? And it's like, well, I'm handling my emotions. It's like, I don't understand. It's like, hopefully you have somebody that teaches you how to do that. And, and I did. And that was, yeah, it was really remarkable. But my story of murder was that I had, and I'll try to be very generic so you can't figure out who this is, but I worked in a school system and I had a boss that did me really bad and did my wife really bad and it was really, really bad. And during the time while I was still there and, and working for this person, see I'm not telling you if it's a man or woman, is that I'm a good shot. So, I mean, Dave Hunt, some of you else hunt, but I've shot deer in the neck at 500 yards, twice. I shot a deer at, four, at 300 yards, one shot killed him. I can shoot. I shoot gophers in the summer, 300, 350 yards. No range finder, little bitty gopher. Pops, okay. And so I can make a shot. So my, the spirit of murder started to get in me about this person I was working with. It's like, you know, I can pop this person's head off at about 500 yards. You know, you can make a, a silencer for a gun out of an oil filter. You know, all you gotta do is lug it up, you know, you screw that in on there. Man, it works amazingly well. It could be 500 yards away, you'd never hear anything coming. And pop, the head goes off like that. And that only happened for about a day or two that I did that, and then I was like, ha ha, I have got to get out of this. And it's like, what do I do to get out of it? It's like, you gotta worship, because the enemy, and thank you, worship team, all y'all, because the enemy cannot inhabit the praises of God. And I had to dance like David danced before I could go to work. It was bad. And then when I got removed from that job and got a different job, different placement, I said, God, I gotta forgive this person. It's like, okay. So, you know, so I took some time, took a few days. So 
I go to God and it's like, God, I've forgiven this person. And I told you this before, but I'm just giving a little more detail. I said, I've forgiven them. Uh, I don't ever want to see, see them again. I don't want to speak their name. I don't want to hear their name. I don't want to think about them. I want to erase them from my life. And I waited. Now, what he said to me, I had to look up to see if it was biblical and make sure it was God or the enemy. What well, was God? Because Jesus said a couple harsh things, like to Peter. What did he say to Peter? Get behind me, Satan. What do you say to the rich man? You fool. Tonight, your soul is required of you. It's like, so I had to take what he said. So I brought this to him as forgiveness. He says, you stink. You bring this to me as forgiveness? Is this how I forgave you? Did I forgive you that I said I'm never going to speak your name again? I'm never going to look at you. I don't ever want to see you. I'm going to erase you out of my life. Is that how I forgave you? Well, here's me. Can I have a couple days to bring you better forgiveness of this person? He goes, take all the time you need. So it took me about three days. It didn't feel good. I said, what am I supposed to say to this person? He says, you've got to give life. I gave you life. I gave you a new life, completely new life. I blessed you with everything, every spiritual blessing. I've given you everything pertaining to life and godliness. What do I say, God? Start blessing. So I started to bless. I blessed this person with a good long life, with prosperity, with family, with love, with peace in their life. I didn't believe it, but I said it long enough. And I said, God, I don't know that my heart's clean yet. How long do I have to do this? He says, I'll tell you when your heart's clean. I said, give me some indications what my heart's going to look like when it's clean. He said, when you see this person, I said, what? when I see this person? <laughs> yes, I'm going to arrange a time where you're going to see this person. Your heart will not jump or it will not fall out the bottom. Okay, that'll be a miracle. So I, so I got to the point and I saw this person. Saw, saw this person in a store. I was able to go up and greet this person. I saw this person at a funeral. Okay, I was in a school. So there we had a teacher die. So we had all the teachers and all the community there. And I was one of the first people in. And I came in and met the family, did all that. You know, shook everybody's hand, loved on people, related to a lot of people in the community. As I was walking out, I saw this person in the back of the line. Now everybody knew the bad she did to me. Oh, I'm sorry, the bad this person did to me. And so I felt every eye in that whole community on me. And I was able to walk right up to her, take her hands, and just say, so good to see you. I bless you. I hope you're enjoying your retirement. I hope you have enough money to live in the way and bless your family. With, with what you need, and I hope you're loving your family. You're, I know your kids, and I know you have lots of grandkids, and I just, I just hope that you're, you're doing that. She just said, thank you. 
And I walked away. And the eyes are open like that. Now, every time I tell this story, tomorrow morning, I mean, got to have a little conversation. It's like, is your heart clean? It's like, yeah, my heart's clean. Could you see this person again? Absolutely. That's what forgiveness looks like. You get really alone as you're an addict, feel like an orphan, you're guilty. <laughs> and death is the ultimate byproduct of this lifestyle. And we got, you guys are very blessed to have Dave here and have a story like he does coming from death, but here's another dead man talking to you. Because I don't know, you know if you've noticed, but my body doesn't work like everybody else's body. My left arm doesn't cooperate a lot. And so my right arm doesn't either. And those are both accidents. This is a motorcycle, almost died from it because I had such great tolerance to chemicals. I couldn't stay under in the anesthetic. So every time they cut on me and started doing stuff, I'd wake up. And so they overdosed me with it. So I almost didn't make it out of that. But the other one was a chainsaw, the accident that I cut my neck came through within a half inch from coming through the backside of my neck. I cut my carotid artery in my juggler vein. It cut nerves off of my spinal cord so my left arm doesn't work like it's supposed to. That's not a slight injury. I was 35 miles east of Ashton up in the Tetons working road constructions in the woods where are no, there are no roads. The first day that I ever worked with somebody the whole summer. It's a stupid story to think that a person lived through that. I lost 10 pints of blood because they told me I lost five-sixths of my blood. People die when they lose three, four. I lost 10. There's no earthly reason that I'm alive today. Except God said, nope. Ain't happening today. Not happening. So I'll call for slide four. So I got married and I tried to quit using. I lost a great job to cocaine, Jack Daniels. I thought Jack was my friend for a long time, but we got in a fight every time we got together. I was five years into my marriage before I surrendered to Jesus. And what did he do? But he ministered love to me. That's the first thing. Because an addict, we don't love. I don't love ourselves or anybody else. I don't have a relationship with anybody but my chemical. I didn't know that was my problem. He says, you gotta love yourself first. Then he brought up a memory. I've told you that memory. That's where I had to do my mirror work. And it's biblical. This is my new identity now. This is who I am. This is who he says I am. I believe it. The first nine are fruit of the Spirit. They happen when the Holy Spirit resides in you. Love, joy, peace. I didn't know those things. You know, happiness isn't in there, but happiness is a byproduct of joy. And so peace, patience, kindness. I learned what it was to be kind. I learned what it was to be good and faithful and gentle and self-control. I, I had to ask God a long time ago. It's like, what part of your personality is self-control? I mean, it's like, 
you have self-control? Like, you're not going to cuss about something? It's like, he says, it's mercy. Oh, okay. I understand. He says, I'm holy, sanctified. Now, generally, when we think the word sanctify, we think of it meaning, because this is what we've been taught, that it means to be set apart. Well, it doesn't. It means the same thing as holy. It means to be holy, to set yourself as holy or set something as holy. So being holy, being sanctified, it's made holy. I'm righteous now by the blood of Jesus. I'm blameless. We just read that in Colossians. I'm generous now. <laughs> I'm secure. I'm compassionate. I'm confident. I can get up here and talk and not be scared and nervous. And I like what Todd White says. I'm Godfident. I'm chosen. I'm innocent. I've been forgiven. I was made in the image of God. I was sitting right where Nick was with Connie when uh, we had a guest speaker here years ago, Jerry Cook. And he was standing right up here. And he was reading Roman, uh, Genesis 1.26. And God said, let us make man in our image. And he says, you are made in the image of God. And I felt like a lightning bolt came through the bottom of my seat and shot out the top of my head. I stood up and said, I got it. You know, I, I got it. I, I got it. I got it. And Connie's grabbing me. Sit down. This is church. Would you start acting like I can't sit down. I, I got it. I, I got to walk around. I, I've got it. I got it. I got it. Finally, we get home. Embarrassed her to death. It's like, what in the world went on? It's like, I got it. I was made in God's image. The enemy's been telling me for years I'm just a sinner. That you're, you come from a, a, a sin background. Your dad was a, a, a drunk. Your grandpa was a drunk. You're never going to be nothing more than that. But God said I was made in his image. You know what that looks like? That, he told me that I was made just like he made Adam before he sinned. That's what I got. I grabbed that and put it in my spirit. That's why it shocked me so bad. I'd never heard that before, the way he taught it. And he was a good teacher. I'll call for slide number five, if you can. When Jesus revealed himself after his death and resurrection in the Gospel of John, he released peace to the disciples. Then he breathed on them, saying, Receive the Holy Spirit. But they hadn't been baptized with the Holy Spirit yet. And what's the difference? What's the point? The point is the purchase agreement, number six, please. So this is the purchase agreement. Oh, I think we got a backup. Do we have one backup? This is the purchase agreement. You're not your own. You were bought with a price. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. John 17, 20 and 21. I don't ask on, this is Jesus speaking. I don't ask on behalf of these alone, but for those who believe in me through their word, that they may be one, may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me, and I knew that they may also be in us. He's saying we are to be as one. Can you say that? As one. As a little weak, I need to hear a little bit louder. 
as one. That was better. I think you might be believing that. So what's this whole process about? This is the death and resurrection story. Now the next slide. Thank you. For 2 Corinthians 5.17 through 20. I think most of us know this one. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, the new things have come. Okay? You saw my old things. You see my new things. Now, all these things are from God. All these things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us, what? The ministry of reconciliation. Namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses or their sins against them. He has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are, when therefore is there, you always got to look for a reason. That's there. What? It's there for. So therefore, why? We are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were entreating through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. And that's what I felt God was doing through me. I'm begging you, be reconciled Amen. to God. Romans 8, 38 and 9. I'm convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall separate us from the love of God in Christ. This is our model. It's what Jesus did to forgive us our sins and to receive new life. We have power to be a minister. We have power to be an ambassador for Christ. We have power to reconcile, but first we must be fully reconciled to and with God. That's forgiveness. If there's no forgiveness as God forgives, there's no reconciliation with God. We have to speak life in our forgiveness. We have to speak blessing. We're separated from God because with sin, we can't be in his presence. So what's missing in Romans, in that Romans passage right there? It's the past. He says, neither things present nor things to come. It doesn't think anything about the past. Amen. Why not? He bought it. It's gone. It's illegal for you to go there. It's not yours. So what's in your past that's so scary and horrific? You think God doesn't know about it? Do you think he's up there wringing his hands going, oh my gosh, I'm not sure I know everything about Nick. <laughs> No. He doesn't do stuff like that. You don't think he knows about pain and grief and sorrow? He gave up his son for you. And then he gave you new life through Jesus' resurrection. He made you a new creature. We've got to get this. We've got to understand it. Put this truth of God in our spirit. Next slide, please. What's the scariest verse in the Bible? Matthew 6, 14 and 15. For if you forgive men their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. If you harbor 
unforgiveness, you risk your salvation. It's not my words. It's Jesus that said that. That's how important it is. So what do I do? Next slide, please. We confess. We declare. This is called renewing your mind. Okay? With your mouth, you create reality. I say it until my heart changes, and then my mind follows. I showed you my example of it. How do I know that my heart has changed and it's clean? You ask God. God, show me my heart. Because Romans right here says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For with the heart man believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. So we change our reality by just what we say. How many things, negative things have you said about what you're wrestling with right now? What you're thinking about, that becomes your reality. Oh, I can't forgive them. They were so rotten. I can't. Oh, I... When you start to say it, Paul says it right here. With the mouth he confesses, and you became saved. That's how important it is. So I didn't know how I was going to forgive that person. But God said, say it. And I said it until my heart changed. And then it went up to my mind. So then I could verbalize it. And then everything worked together. And then I was done. There was no weight to the offense. It wasn't there anymore. I didn't forget it. It just didn't weigh. Nothing there. That's freedom. So I'm going to have you stand in a moment. We're getting ready to land this plane here. So we're going to practice renewing our mind, okay, through confession and declaration. And after that, the worship team will come up after our declarations. And then after our declarations, I'm going to give you instruction to take care of any business that you and God might have need to take care of, okay? So we'll go to the last slide, and I would have you stand. We're going to declare these good things. Oh, we might have left one out. Oh, my first one's, I love you, Jesus. That's always a good one to start out. When anything we do, when we come to God, you know, I love you, Jesus. So let's say that to start. I love you, Jesus. Up here, I am made in the image of God. I am who you say I am. I am holy and righteous. I am innocent of my past mistakes. I am bought with a price. I am not my own. I now live by the Spirit, the manifest presence of God in my life. I have a future and a hope in Jesus. I am blessed. You have prepared me for your purpose. I love because you first loved me. I fear nothing because you are in and with me. I can forgive. Oh, here's one that didn't get on there either. Okay, there's the last one. I can forgive because you forgave me. I can forgive because you forgave me.
Hey, thanks again for joining us on this Rise Church podcast. If this was a blessing to you, there's a number of things that could do to help us continuing to minister to the world around us and getting that good news about Jesus Christ out. Could you like this podcast? Could you share this podcast? Could you quote this podcast? All of those would be a great blessing. If you would like to give financially to Rise Church to help us continue on this mission, please go to risechurchid.org. Be blessed, my friend.